Hello and welcome to Out in the Woods. Boy howdy ladies and gentlemen. What a day. What a week. What a life. Let's be honest here. Gotta keep it interesting. Uh, I am solo, so you know what that means. And no, it was not an accident. Uh, I actually talked with uh, Nico about it today. Uh, based on y'all's poll, uh, he is going to be a co-host. Uh, now we are, uh, we're going to be floating the river this coming week, uh, so, you know, after this comes out on Tuesday, uh, we'll be floating the river, and I intend to kind of mull over the details and kind of iron out, um, what kind of our expectations are for each other, and kind of the plans that we have in store for the podcast. So, rest assured, Nico will be a co-host. Now, from what we've talked so far, um... I think we are planning on still having on guests, and I think at some point maybe he will do a solo episode or, or have you know his own guests and do kind of interview with them. Um, we'll probably do some together, and then most of the time I would say it will be uh, just the two of us. And then there will be the occasional episode where you know maybe I do a solo episode or uh, I interview a guest or, or guests something of the sorts. <sighs> Holy smokes. Okay, I'm wound up. I'm wound up. There's a plane going overhead, and I'm going to take this beautiful opportunity um, to light a cigar. I recently listened to a podcast. Um, let me see if I can pull it up real quick and get you the name, because it actually was a, a pretty interesting listen. Uh, it was over ASMR, which I'm not a big ASMR person. I can't say I've ever delved dove dove into it delving into it um it's asmr how ooh sorry got a burp asmr how whispering hijacks the brain and the podcast that uh did it was called science versus uh this was a really interesting listen um it was informative to the point where it's like i understood what all they were saying uh, but it also wasn't super heavy on the science. So there wasn't a lot of opportunity to get tripped up or get lost. Um, it was it was actually, I would listen to it. I would listen to it if I were you. Because, um, I again, I'm not, a, I'm not a big ASMR guy. But we're going to have, wait, here, let me do this right. Oh, my gosh. My computer's freaking out. We're going to have, we're going to have ASMR lighting my cigar. I didn't mean to make that rhyme. Okay, ready? Here, let me turn up the sensitivity. And get you get the get the little burn that happens. I'm not sure if you can hear that. There's a car driving by, and it's really loud. Okay, I'm going to give it one more go. Ready? Oh, dang. Okay. I don't know if that worked. Um, that was really interesting. We'll see what happens. We'll see if... Because apparently, um, some people on the on the podcast, they kind of... Uh, the girl who hosted it and then her producer had never done it before. Um, and so apparently it's like... Sometimes people do little like little taps or like 
kind of like scratching on the microphone or whatever. And some people hate that and some people really like it. But some people, you know, really like the sound of rain and some people really don't or they like the whispering and some people don't. So it is very uh, individualistic, uh, I promise. Unless everyone wants to hear that again, I've, I will likely never do ASMR. So who knows? Everyone's been kind of gassing me up. Everyone says, Johnny, you have a great podcast voice. So, I don't know. About to risk it all. Maybe we'll start a second channel. This is a beautiful cigar, by the way. Um, it's an Arturo Fuente. Uh, natural. It's a uh, Chateau. It's double Chateau. I don't know. It's a, it is a good cigar. Pretty light. Um, anyway. <sighs> Let's see. This is Ranch Rants. Now, I'm not at the ranch. I'm really sorry. Uh, it is still crispy. Uh, we've been getting a little bit of rain out there, but so far, it's still burnt and dead. And I finally got the water back on. That was a whole fiasco. We'll save that for another episode. But I got the water back on. We still don't have power in the in the house, so there's no Wi-Fi. Um, there's no hot water, no electricity. So I can't record out there because I need... For some reason, I need the internet to record, I guess. I don't know. I probably don't, but all right, let's get into it. My rant today. Well, yeah, we'll start with driving. So I recently had the opportunity to go and hang out with some family friends uh, who own horses. I know Nico and I talked about horses in the last episode, but I have been uh, toying with the idea of becoming a farrier. Now, if you don't know what a farrier is, it is someone who shoes horses, trims their hooves. Um, well, yeah, that's what they do. Um, now, there are varying levels, and some people are much better at it than others. Uh, it's actually incredibly in-depth. Um, the, the family that I went to stay with, one of their horses was having back problems, and the farrier was able to look at x-rays of the feet and make corrections to the angle at which the horse was shooed. And within like 10 minutes after it was being done, uh, the horse was fine. So it's like a very immediate fix. But if you do it wrong, similarly, it, you can screw up your horse. And that's not, you know, it's not a $20, uh, what is it? The Red Wagon? What are those called? Not Red Rider, that's the BB gun. Dang. What are those called? Okay, I'm getting off topic. So I went I went to Aubrey, Texas, uh, just north of Dallas-Fort Worth area, kind of outside of Denton. It's also known as horse country. And uh, I'm getting upset just thinking about it. I, I think I'm an okay driver. I really do. It's been a very long time since I've had a ticket, knock on wood. Um... I've never been into a wreck, knock on wood, uh, and I am, you know, I think fairly cautious. Um, I don't speed a whole lot, but I also get where I'm going. Now, I believe with a very firm resolve, oh my gosh, the cat is up in the tree. The cat recently had surgery uh, to get it spayed or to check if it was spayed. Uh, and now it is probably 15 feet up in the tree. I don't know how it got up there. I've never seen it up there before, but it's up there. I have a very firm resolve that when you're driving, you have obviously a responsibility to yourself. 
and to the people around you, both uh, in your lanes and the lanes next to you, oncoming traffic, you you have a responsibility to be attent, attentive and aware of your surroundings. And your goal as the driver should be to focus on driving. Now, we all have these wonderful little things in our pockets called cell phones. And that... Uh, granted, I've seen a lady doing a Sudoku before in a magazine, um, so it's not all cell phones, but I would say cell phones are the vast majority of distracted drivers, and they offer a very good opportunity to be distracted, which is a bad thing. I am not going to say that I have never been on my phone while I'm driving. That's just not true. However, if you are at a stoplight and you are the first person, especially, second or third as well, but the first person in line at the stoplight, do not be on your phone. Because chances are, you're gonna be on your phone, the light is going to turn green, and you're gonna have a very long line of angry drivers behind you wondering when you're gonna get off your ass and go. Okay, you, as the first person in line, have a responsibility of exceptionally high level to focus on the light. Don't get on your phone. Don't be distracted. Don't try to reach back in the back seat. If you're five or six back, sure, okay? Because then you're, you're, you have a, a longer time to realize, okay, the light's green. No one ever immediately goes when the light goes green. Now, I'm not saying it's excusable for, for you to be on your phone or to be distracted while you're at a light, no matter where you're at. But I'm just saying that if you are on a two-lane road, which I think is the right term, one lane on either side, single-lane road, you know, one lane on each side, and it is a busy highway for whatever reason, this is a really good cigar. If you are in the front, pay attention, okay? Pay attention. Also, this is, oh man, this is, I'm getting all wound up. Driving is pretty much the only thing that really has the ability to make me angry. I can get upset about things, okay? I'm not without faults. I, I am, you know, uh, suspect to the same emotions as, you know, aren't we all? But driving, and when people are idiots, it really, it really boils my blood. Um, another notable case is when the speed limit changes, um, oftentimes, most of the cases, increasing. Because if you are driving at, say, this is a perfect example. Our road to get to my house starts at 45, and then it turns to 60. And people will continue to go 45 for the next mile or so until there is another 60 mile an hour sign, and then they will speed up from 45 to 60. The whole itch, and you're just sitting there, and you're thinking, okay, everyone is in a rush. Let's be honest. Everyone wants to get where they're going. That's the reason people go drive. You're trying to get somewhere. Okay, if you are not looking for every opportunity to get there as fast as you can, i.e. go the speed limit when it speeds up, then are you, you're not, you're not focused on driving. You're not paying attention. 
Nah, okay, Sunday evening, you're kind of going out. You got the misses in the car, top down. Car's all polished up real nice. It's looking good. You're going for a booze cruise? Maybe not booze cruise. Don't drink and drive. You're going for a, you're going for a joyride, Sunday cruise? Okay, you can go, go a little slower. But if you're on a one-lane road where people can't pass you, pay attention. Go the speed limit. Or, or, or if you're that set on going slower, pull over for crying out loud. On that same trip, uh, as I was coming home, I was back in Midland, and I was uh, was turning on to one of the kind of like side roads to get to my house. Now we have the loop, which is, I guess you could call it a highway, but we have the loop. I had exited the loop and was at the stoplight um, next to the overpass. Okay, now there's, we'll say four lanes. The left and right lane, far left and right lane, are U-turn to the left and a right turn to the right. Okay? The middle two lanes. In this situation, the left of the middle was a left turn only lane. The right middle was a go straight or a right turn or a, or a left turn lane. Sorry, straight or left for the right middle lane. I hope this is not getting confusing. There was a rather long line in the left middle lane to turn left. And so seeing the signs so clearly posted on the stoplight, I said, hmm, I will get into the right middle lane so that way I too can turn left and not have to wait for the six people in front of me to get through the light because there was only one other person. The proper move, I had my blinker on, as did the person in front of me, the person in the left front of me. And to the direct left of me, there was um, a person in a, just a, a, like a white pickup. I think it was belonging to some oil field or something. There was some, some symbols on the side. I didn't, get, I didn't get an idea for it. So uh, the light changes. And I think, you know, I bet this guy's not going to turn. And I see the two people in front of me turn. And I go up and, I, you know, I'm in the, that right middle lane, so you have to go up a little bit farther. You have a wider turn. So I'm going straight to kind of get up to where I can turn. And the guy next to me is also going straight. And I think, hmm, this is a very wide turn for him. I bet he's not going to turn. And as I start to turn, I have to stop because this asshole wasn't paying attention and decides to just go straight through the light unapologetically. Just goes. So I would have basically T-boned him, and it would have been his fault, mind you, because he was in the wrong lane. He still made an illegal move by going straight in a left turn only lane. But thankfully, I was aware. Now, I'm not saying this to say, oh, look at me. Look at how good I am. I am so much better than all of you. No. I'm just saying you have a responsibility when you're driving, especially around other people or with other people in the vehicle, to pay attention. <sighs> okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take a. Well, no, we'll stick with driving. I have one other topic that that is what spurred me recording this episode when I when I did. It's currently Saturday evening. I played a wonderful round of golf. No, it's not wonderful. Well, we'll get into that. It was not a good round of golf. But I was on Instagram. I'm jumping ahead. Let me sip this beer real quick and 
we'll keep going. I, I can get really ready. I'm gonna get really close to the mic. How is that? I have a feeling this episode is going to probably be very poorly rated. That's okay. It's an experiment. Okay. So this may be not uh, this may not be a rant, so to say. But after the green light incident, um, I became sort of reflective, and I was thinking, okay, now. This person really doesn't have an excuse for that. But I also know that I have, well, I have my faults, as do we all. Let's be honest here. I have my faults. And I thought, you know, I got really upset at that person. But I know that I've done stupid things while driving that, you know, didn't end in a wreck. No one got hurt. But I've been flipped off before. I've been honked at. I've been... I've been angrily responded to for a stupid moment or just a confusing oh i don't know which way i'm going i have to cut it across this lane real quick blah 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 blah. you know how that goes what makes road rage so um easy to be triggered that's a very poor way of what makes road rage maybe so common or what well, I don't know. I think you understand what I'm saying. The problem with road rage is you can't tell the state of the other person in the car. If I'm hanging out in the gym and someone shoots a basketball and it bounces off the rim and hits me in the head, obviously I'm going to be upset because I just got hit with a basketball. Now, then I think, oh, this person didn't mean to do that. It was an accident. And they come up and they say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I can't believe that just happened. There is a conveyance of remorse. And I, having been uh, done wrong, having been hurt or whatever, can understand that this person did not mean to do what they did and feels bad. Now, when you are driving and someone you know, has to cut in front of you to make a right turn, or th they do something. There is no emotion. You you really, unless you're like stopping next to them and look over, you're not ever going to see their face. There's really no way for them to communicate because the only thing that we can do are you know use your blinkers or your horn. I mean, you could stick your hand out the window and wave and be like, "I'm so sorry," whatever. But really, even then, that could be kind of lost in translation. So I think that's the reason that road rage is so common among people such as myself who are not easily um, roused is when someone does something stupid, they may regret it very completely, but there is no emotion conveyed from your car to their car, or their car to your car. Now you can honk, you can flip them off and they can see that but there's really no way for them to apologize. And there's no way for them to say, hey, I shouldn't have done that, I'm really sorry. Or like, I'm really sorry that I have to cut you off and make you break, like, you know, I'm trying to do what I gotta do, I don't normally do this. Please don't be mad, I'm not normally this stupid, essentially. So, that's my thoughts on road rage. 
I think. I think that's all of them. We'll come back to that if I think of anything else. I had the, the left turn incident, the green light incident, my personal reflection. Okay, I think, I think that covers it. Now, on to, we'll start with golf as the plane flies overhead. I have been, uh, well, we'll say uh, trying is a strong word. I've been wanting to get better at golf in recent years. I'm back living at my parents' house, and we have access to a, uh, a golf course, and my dad has a set of golf clubs, so I've been trying to been trying to get better. Now, if you saw me play, you would not know that. You would think that I maybe just had reconstructive surgery and gained the ability to both see, stand, and grab things, because boy howdy, am I bad at golf. I just played seven holes, uh, and I shot 49. So if you don't know how golf is scored, uh, I think all courses are 72 is a perfect par. So that means that uh, on nine holes, it should be 36. So I was already 13 over par, and I still had two more holes to play. Now you might be saying, John David, why did you only play seven holes? Well, for one, I walked. Um, now you think, okay, John David, you got long legs. You should be able to do this. Well, I also hit the ball 13 more times than I should have. Um, and that is not counting the times that I redrove or had to go look for the ball or found other balls or things like that. But the major hindrance on the evening um, was on the sixth hole. I had a beautiful layup shot. I was right in front of the green. It was a nice soft grass. I said, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bust out the old sand wedge here, which apparently, for some reason, I'm really good at. I can, I can, I wasn't in the sand trap this time, but boy, howdy, put me in a sand trap and it's like a pig in mud. Holy smokes. I can get out of those babies easy. Ooh, I think my cigar is, is done. I'm going to pause and come back. Sorry about that. I did not want to burden y'all um, with the sounds of me trying to light the cigar again. Still a delicious cigar, but I'm trying to I'm trying to podcast here. I can't I can't focus on a cigar and casually sip a delicious Colorado native amber beer. Thank you, Mr. Irwin. So you might be saying, John David, why did you only get seven holes? And as I was saying, beautiful layup shot. I'm going I'm going for over reliable, okay? The sand wedge. And I reach into the bag, and there is no sand wedge. And I think, hmm, that is not supposed to be like this. I know I had a sand wedge because I know I've used it. So finish out the hole, end up using pitching wedge, and just skyrocketed across the green. Um, I think I ended up maybe seven or eight on that hole, maybe even a nine. And it was par four or five something like that. It was bad. Triple or quadruple bogey for sure. So I think, okay, maybe I left it at the last hole. So I walk all the way down the hole, go back to the last green, not there. Okay. I walk back to the previous hole, last green, not there. Walk back to the previous hole, last green, not there. Hole before that, not there. Okay. I've put in some miles 
not miles, but I've been walking for a while. And I just think, okay, either I lost it when I was looking for a ball, very high probability, or I left it on the first hole. I think there's no way. So I finish out uh, the next hole, seventh hole, which again was horrible. Um, set my bags at the at number one and walk down and lo and behold, there is the sand wedge. Now, obviously I want to find a golf club, but there was added pressure because it was my dad's golf club. And it was also more added pressure because yesterday when we were playing, he said, so-and-so gave me this club 25 years ago, and I love it. It's probably my favorite club. So, obviously, I can't just replace it if I do lose it, if it was just somehow gone. And, you know, if I could, really what I was trying to avoid was them coming home and me saying, Dad, I lost your sandwich. He says, what? How do you even do that? And it really, it's a legitimate question. But if I knew the answer to how do you lose a sandwich, then I wouldn't have lost it. But I did lose it, but I found it again. I just left it at the last hole. No big deal. But the problem would be if, if, if it wasn't there and it was like really lost, then that's, that's kind of hard to explain. So I'm still bad at golf. Not much has changed in my life. Still bad at golf, still bad at tennis, all those lessons... Well, I guess it kept me from getting fat. So, there's something good. <sighs> okay, we're 25 minutes in. You've heard me light a cigar, drink a beer, complain about driving, and tell you how bad I am at golf. Now, we get to the juice. The spawn of this episode. The reason that I became so inflamed that I had to start recording because it was fresh in my mind. I'm sitting here on the porch. It's a beautiful evening. I'm having a beer. Folks aren't home. They're at some party. I'm on Instagram, and I click on this profile, and it's like TikTok, at blah, 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 parentheses 500K. And it's not the first time that I had seen that. I just don't understand the point of if you have... TikTok and you have Instagram and you're living that influencer lifestyle, okay? If you are on Instagram and you say in your bio, TikTok, at I need attention or whatever, or at I have no relationship with my father, whatever, and then parentheses 200,000 or 400,000, like, good for you. Okay, if people actually cared, they would probably be following on TikTok, which apparently there's 500,000 people that care about TikTok. I don't know how it works, but why, 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 why would you need to put your follower account or subscriber count or whatever in your bio for another social media app? Like, it just, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't, okay? And you say, but to David, what, what if they want to get a sponsor? Okay, yeah, if someone wants to get a sponsor and they have, obviously, if you have 500,000 followers on TikTok, chances are you're going to have someone on Instagram too. Okay, maybe not 500K, but you're going to have well over 10, 20,000, if not many more than that. So, and it is, it's harder to get followers on Instagram than TikTok. I don't know 
how, but that is a that is a known trend. If some account that wants to advertise with you sees your Instagram and they don't say, hmm, okay, they have a lot of followers on Instagram. I want to sponsor them or whatever. And then they email you or whatever and you say, oh, great, I also have 500K on TikTok. Or maybe that account or that company goes to your TikTok and they say, huh, she has a lot on here too. Like, it's just, it's redundant and I think it's self-absorbed and I think it's unnecessary. That's my hot take. It's, I'm just saying, I, I down with the influencer, okay? Now, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, you know, hey, I have 20,000 followers or whatever. I'm an influencer. That's not an influencer. If you have a lot of followers, great. Good for you. Let me know how you did it. If it would make my parents proud and would not involve me, uh, you know, being nude, then great. I'll, I'll do that. Or some athlete, because as we all know, I'm not athletic. Okay? I'm not, I'm not athletic. I'm not saying having a lot of followers makes you an influencer. But if you're really on that grind of like, I'm going to do this thing that doesn't make me money, and I'm going to share it on social media in such a way that I get a lot of followers for it. Like, yeah, okay, that's a hustle. I respect it. I respect it. Well, I don't know if I respect it. I kind of respect it. I really wish that you were contributing something to society. I'm just saying, I'm just going to put it out there. Down with the influencer lifestyle. And if in 10 years, I'm an influencer, like a, I'm not just, you know, lifestyle of the rich and famous, but I am an actual influencer. By all means, when you listen to this episode again, when you hear me complaining, whenever this is being played through your speakers and enjoyed by your ear holes, you shoot me a text and you say, JD, you need to listen to this again. This is a rude awakening for you. You were trashing this and look at you now. You have become the very thing that you swore to destroy. Okay? The last thing I want to be is a hypocrite. So if I ever turn out to be a hypocrite, let me know. Okay? Set me straight. The cat has returned. So we found this cat, right? And it wasn't chipped. Uh, we put it up on Facebook or like lost animal thing or whatever. And we had a few people say, oh, I think that's my cat. And then they stopped responding. So I was like, okay, this is basically our cat now, unless something happens. Uh, took it into the vet, got it chipped. They had to cut it open to make sure it was neutered or if not neuter it, um, which seems like you should be able to tell if a cat was neutered because there would be a scar there. So I don't know. Maybe it was just done done at a at a really young age. I, what, what do I But we get the cat, take it in. It's just called the cat. So that caused a little bit of hysteria at the vet clinic. Because when I go to pick it up, they're like, hi, what is your pet's name? And I said, the cat. Or I, I said, I'm here to pick up the cat. And they said, what cat? And I said, that's the pet's name. That's, that's what I told the people. I said it was called the cat. And so they radio back to like the holding room. And the girl's like, the cat is ready to be picked up. The cat is ready to be picked up. And everyone around us starts laughing because it's a vet clinic. Obviously, there's going to be more than one cat. And so it's like, what what cat? And it's like, the cat. They had little post-it notes. And even then, I got it chipped, okay? 
and they send you an email with confirmation and it was like we're so happy that you got the cat chipped and it's the cat in all caps or like capital t h e capital c a t it's like we're so happy you got the cat chipped uh this will let you track the cat if you ever lose the cat let us know and we'll send out a looking for the cat or whatever it's really funny to read but anyway we're sitting there dropping it off and kind of got to wait a minute before meet with the vet talk like we need this done and this done and this done and lady next to me goes oh that's such a beautiful cat can i look at it i said sure of course so she looks at it and she goes oh this is a russian blue and he was like i have no clue what that means and she was like oh it's just a, a it's a cat breed like I, I have a few rescues that are russian blues um they're great cats so i'm like hmm i don't know anything about cat breeds i looked this thing up Number one most valuable cat breed in the world. So I'm living that influencer lifestyle already. I've got the bougie pet that has bald patches all over the place for some unknown reason. It's got scabs from, I would assume, a fight that it got in before we got it. Um, it's very skinny because it has not put on a lot of weight. I have been feeding it. Don't think I haven't been feeding it. I've been taking care of the cat. Don't worry. Wow, we're really off topic. But anyway looked up this cat breed and it was like super smart and easily trainable and great for families and i don't know if it was hyperallergenic hypoallergenic genic genic yep um but i was like wow we got really lucky with the cat <sighs> so that's the cat ladies and gentlemen i think this is the episode i'm all worn out i'm wound up i'm worn out i got half a stogie uh, the very bottom swill of a beer and a beautiful evening. So if you enjoyed the episode, uh, let me know, leave a review. I'm not, I'm not, well, I guess I'm going to start asking for these. If you feel so inclined and if you think we deserve it, leave a review on Spotify or Apple music or wherever you listen to the podcast. Um, but only leave a review if it's five stars. If it's bad, just tell me, and then I'll try to fix it. Um, if it's good, let me know, and then I will love you forever. That's what happens when you leave a five-star review. Four stars are acceptable. Five stars are the best. Uh, also, share the podcast. It's kind of official. I mean, we're on episode 15, and I mean, that's 15 weeks of nonstop podcasting. Um, I've been getting a lot of positive feedback from talking to people who listen to it. And, you know, I think, I think, you know, we're not going to take this too seriously. Okay. Don't, don't go thinking I'm going to, I'm going to retire on my podcast fortune because boy, howdy, we're, we're reaching like 10 people per episode, which is pretty good. I'm pretty happy with that. I checked the analytics and we are over 300 total listens. Oh, baby. So you know what that means? When we get to a thousand total listens, we're gonna have a party. We're gonna do something special. And then when we get to an estimated audience of a hundred, we're gonna do, ooh, sorry, we're gonna do a big party. So share it if you enjoy it. Um, also, shoot us a DM. Uh, I am at ECNivory on Instagram. Let me know what you think. Love you if you leave a review. And if you have any ideas or questions, um, or you know topics that you want nico and i or 
maybe the next guest. Who knows? If you have something that you want us to talk about and it's not garbage, let me know. Uh, I think that's it. As always, cheers and God bless.